everybody, and welcome back to First and Ten. Today we have episode seven, and you should tune in today because this one is going to be one of the best ones yet. I am your co-host, Adam, alongside my co-host, Mitch. And today we're going to talk about the injuries, the new signings, and we're going to recap this week's games. A lot of shockers this week as Raiders fans once again think they can talk after another lucky win. But we will wait till later to get into that. But to start, a very rough week in the injury world. I think it was 51 players going down with significant injuries. I'm pretty sure I saw that on Bleacher Report. I mean, I mean, what a week. This just sh- goes to show what happens when we don't have preseason. No preseason, no OTAs. Oh. Players aren't prepared. And as a friend of mine, Mike C., says, he says, we can see the players that were working out in the offseason and not working out. It's not a matter of who worked out or not. It's just... Unlucky because some people's bodies weren't ready because they haven't played the full contact sport. Like, what is Mike C saying? Well, I couldn't tell you. I'm not Mike C. But some big names going down this week. Some of them for the entire season. You know, no, most notably, I mean, Saquon Barkley. That's a very, very big. It's big it's loss sad to the see. Giants team. It, it's terrible. I mean, that could be the end of his career right there. I really I don't hope think it is. I said his it career, could be, but yeah. As a running back in the NFL, it is yeah. very hard to come back from an injury like a torn ACL. We that, haven't yeah. seen it much. And that's, that's why people say, though, running backs don't last, which is why a running back isn't too valuable on a team, which is a point I brought up in a few, yeah. few past episode. But I, I'm not saying it's good that Saquon got hurt, but it helps show that like a running back just like that can go down. And we don't know what to expect. They have Deion Lewis in that backfield. They're interested in signing Devonta Freeman. So if they sign Devonta Freeman and they're able to fill that gap easily, how much value does that take out of like, just the running back position in general, do you think? I mean, there's not a big margin from the 32nd best running back and, a, and the first best. I mean, I like what you say. I don't disagree. I think a lot of people in, the, uh, in that field would agree. I mean, it's tough. To watch Saquon go down, it just, like you said, it capitalizes on the point that running backs are not valuable. And then, it's this one was just a big shocker for me. I mean, they they addressed O-line in the draft, drafting mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas, but after six yards against the Steelers and obviously a torn ACL against the Bears, it's just... 2020 season's over. It's hard to see. It's really hard. I really And then on like the other hand, you have the best running back in the league, Christian McCaffrey, going down to a, yeah. to a uh, ankle injury. Four to six weeks. Fantasy football owners are just... Screaming. Some of them are having a rough year. Yeah. I mean, for fantasy owners, what do, what do you think about Mike Davis? Do you think he'll be able to fill the void of Christian McCaffrey as well as people are hoping? Or do you, do you think that we're not going to see much run game or run production out of this Carolina offense for the next few weeks? Well, I put a claim in for him because I think he'll consistently do okay. I, obviously, he's not CMC, but... The way that the Carolina offense is, you know, engineered, a running a running back needs to be in the fold. They've got three good wide wide receivers, and obviously they got mm-hmm. rid of Greg Olson in the off season. But it does doesn't matter how good this kid is; he's gonna get looks. So I think that he'll be able to replicate something. Mm-hmm. But he's no not in any way saying that he is anywhere near as talented as. Now, now let's bring it to the 49ers, probably the team that oh. took the biggest blows this week. They got. Nick Bosa going down, Jimmy Garoppolo going down, Raheem Mostert going down, um, Kevin Coleman going down, Solomon Thomas. and Solomon Thomas going down. That's Kittle was already out. Kittle's so, already out. That's oh. six players gone. Um, three of them out for the season, or two of them out for the season. 
Then Jimmy G, we don't know the situation with him. It could it's a week to week basis. Nick Mullins is gonna have to step up. But what does that mean for the 49ers defense with their two D linemen going down? Well, not to mention Richard Sherman being out as well. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the severity of that injury, but I don't think he's gonna be back in the, you know, for a little while. But on its own, Jimmy Garoppolo going down wouldn't have made much of an impact on this you know, on the Super Bowl hangover induced team, but losing that many starters on defense it's it's hard to say because they just got you know they kicked the living shit out of the Jets, but it's the Jets. It's the Jets. So as I said last week, that that game was the joke of the week. Yeah, there, there's no way. I mean, the fact that the Jets got 31 points shoved up their ass when they were down eight starters, like come on. So when they play a real team, we'll be able to see the true implications of that defense. I mean, they couldn't stop Kyler Murray when they were healthy. So. Who knows? I think that it's going to take a defense that was already overhyped and make it worse. But mm-hmm. it's it's bad news for 49ers fans. It is. And they lost, um, what's his name, in the offseason. They traded him. Um, DeForest Buckner. Yeah. Yeah. They lost him to the They Colts. still have Javon Kinlaw. He's still healthy. They're Unproven. Pick, but he is, I mean, he's only played in two games. So who really mm-hmm. It's It's 49ers it, fans. As Eric tough. Armstead said, it's not safe for people to play at MetLife. It's not. That, ugh, God. They it's had not. issues like this in uh, Mexico as well. They had issues last year when in I Mexico. The, I mean, now I think Eric Armstead might just be saying that to oh, say absolutely. that. Oh, he, he's, he's freaking out. He just saw a whole bunch of his guys go down from injury. You know, all torn, torn ACLs. Horrible. Like, oh. like some of these players. Like, I know they will play again, but they might not be the same that they were. And to see a second-year player like Nick Bosa, defensive rookie of the yeah. year, go down like that—that's just—it's upsetting. It is really upsetting. Now. The injuries that we were all dreading this week, we'll go down to Heinz Field and take a look at Sutton and Drew Locke. Yeah, I was so, so, so sad to hear about Sutton that. Sutton misses week one. Yeah. Then comes back week two, doesn't even make it out of the second quarter without tearing his ACL out for the season. What does this mean for the Denver Broncos receiving court? What does this mean for Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and all the all the young receivers on that roster? Well, I think that John Elway is thinking his lucky stars right now that he's stacked up on offense in this offseason. I think he's very lucky that he not only, you know, we talked about last week when Philip Lindsay went down, we, he was very happy and very lucky that he went out for Melvin Gordon, you know, to get out Melvin Gordon. And now with Sutton gone, this only makes it an even more dire move. So To draft with his first two picks, two receivers. Yeah. It's... I don't know. I'm not sold on Judy. I think he had some flashes, but I think he had some really terrible plays against that Steelers well, defense. Yes, he but had a bunch of drops. Drops. But. He had. He, I th- he only had one drop last week. Two drops week two. So mm-hmm. it is getting better. Um, but for Judy, all these rookie receivers, they've never really played. No. Like I'm not saying he isn't the guy. I'm saying he, he, but he hasn't come out. And I know. I understand. Like we thought he would. So, but I think he. Well, I think he could turn. Just around. give him time. Steelers I, have one of the yeah. best secondaries in the they league. Do, yeah. So do the Titans with <clears> Kevin Byard. Um. But just just give give it time. I think Judy will need to step up mm-hmm. if the Broncos want to make a playoff push. It also brings up the, the 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 thought like do do you think the Broncos should maybe end up signing a receiver that a free agent maybe one of my favorites Antonio Brown in a few weeks or do 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 not think so. Well, Vic Fangio is already on the hot seat, so I don't think signing. I want to say Fangio is on the hot. seat. I think seat. he's on a warm seat. I think mm-hmm. that Antonio Brown could make or break that, but I, if I were the Broncos, they have KJ Hamler. Noah Fant proved that he's a reliable target. I don't think that they don't I don't think they need to throw a caution to win inside then, Antonio Brown. Broncos QB issues now. Drew Locke, fans' favorite player, went four and one last season. Super hyped up. Most would say overhyped. I would say overhyped as well. But he had flashes of 
potential in week one. Mm. And we didn't get to see that in week two because the O-line was atrocious. And he got hit. Didn't get off from that hit. We didn't see him the rest of the game. What is that? Like, who? And now the Broncos recently signed Blake Bortles yesterday, or today. And Blake Bortles is not able to play this week due to the COVID rules. But um, what do you think about Jeff Driscoll? Well, I think that Jeff Driscoll stepped up and almost allowed them he to win that the game, game against the Steelers. I think the Steelers were a little, you know, too good for him, the Steelers' defense. And the Steelers' offense looks pretty potent with Big Ben back. But then, I don't, think the, I don't think the Broncos had any, had any business winning that game, even with Drew Locke. So it was interesting to see Jeff Driscoll coming back and fighting till the very end. But, I mean, it, it was definitely fun to watch, but this is... I, I was defending Fangio, now I'm taken back on that. This is where you... Think about Fangio on the 15-yard, on Steelers 15, we need a touchdown. It's third and two. You know it's four-down territory. You have two plays, and he didn't run the ball on either play. Yeah. Especially with Melvin Gordon. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but if you give Melvin Gordon the ball at least one of the plays, he's most likely going to get a yard, fourth and inches, fourth and one. You give it to him again, QB sneak, reach the ball over. That's a first down. Versus trying to throw two plays, he gets sacked. And the O-line had already given up seven sacks that game. Yeah, but maybe he didn't have any confidence in the O-line being able to create a hole for Melvin Gordon to run through. But at Ooh, that really point, knows. it's only two yards, so you don't need it. But let's move on to the next injury. You hate to say it, but we'll, we'll stick on the QB okay. idea with Tyrod Taylor. Chest injury. Went down early before the game actually even started. Mm-hmm. We saw Herbert come out. He actually he didn't play bad for his first career game. We'll get into that later, but... What does this mean for Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod Taylor was in a very similar situation in Cleveland where the rookie QB was not ready to come in yet, but he had to come in due to injury to Tyrod Taylor, which just happened again. Yeah. I, I think this might have been the end of Tyrod Taylor's career. It, you know, we don't know when he'll be back. It's week to week right now, but chest injuries are a little odd. But I think Herbert played well enough and continued to almost defeat the defending Super Bowl champions and the best mm-hmm. team in the NFL. I think that the fans are going to push for him to continue to start because if they can, you know, they had to, they took the Chiefs to overtime, that's impressive. And I was very impressed with what I saw by, um, by Justin Herbert. And honestly, I don't, I'm, it's, it's really sad to say because no one ever wants a, uh, to talk about a season ending, but I, I'm not sure if Tyrod Taylor is going to be in the league anymore. Yeah. What do you think? I, I think he'll be in the league, maybe a backup situation. Uh, type player. They might, they might keep him as the backup in exactly in LA. I wouldn't be surprised at that, but I don't think he's. I, don't know, I think it's a while. I, I'm not sure. He's very, very up in the air because there's still a lot of free agents that uh, I don't know, may, might take precedence over him. Who knows? You know, yeah, Jameis like, Winston is probably more likely to get signed to a team to he's fill on the games. I understand that. I'm saying I think that he'll be more likely to. If team loses another starting quarterback, I think they'll go for Jameis Winston for Tyrod Taylor, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the offensive side of the ball. Last offensive side of the ball player is Devontae Adams with a hamstring injury. Questionable for week three. Um, but um, Adams, this, this, this really makes me question the um, Packers drafting mm-hmm. because there were um, over eight receivers taken in the first two rounds. None of them went to the Packers. The Packers decided to take a QB and a running back in the first two rounds. Very questionable coaching decisions. Why, why are you taking a QB with Aaron Rodgers? Why are you taking a running back with Aaron Jones instead of giving Rodgers more weapons? And now it might come back to bite them if Adams is out again week three. No, 
I don't think Devontae Adams is out for any significant period of time. I think they're just saying that. I think that they're keeping him um I think they're keeping him covered. I think they're keeping him protected and they're not going to send him back out unless he is 100% healthy, but in my it is my opinion that he did not suffer any catastrophic injury. He's questionable. But I mean Alan Lazard and MVS had some nice They, plays, they did look but, good. But they're not Devontae Adams. That but it, it's so tough to say because Aaron Jones has been carrying that team the last two weeks, but they've also been playing against peewee defenses, so it's going to be tough to see when the Packers go up against an actual opponent. They've got a very tough schedule this year, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it'll definitely hurt if he's out. But like I said, I don't think he is out for a while. All right. Um, then we have the L.A. backfield of Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown. Both day-to-day. Both could play this week. Both could not. But both suffered minor injuries. I don't... I don't think the Rams really take much of a blow from here. Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown, they're good, but they could just give the ball to Daryl Henderson Jr. if they really wanted to. And well, I, I, I think they take some hit. I don't think this, you know, I, like like you said, it's day-to-day. I mean, one of them, uh, Malcolm Brown, fractured his pinky, and um, mm-hmm. I believe it was Cam Akers injured his ribs, bruised his ribs, and the cartilage in his ribs. So yeah. neither of those are two are terrible injuries. I feel like, like you said, they both could be back week three, but... If they don't play, I do think the Rams will miss them for sure. I mean, I mean, two of their three stable is now out, and let's be honest, I don't think I think that those are the two better as well. I don't think Daryl Henderson Jr. is the uh, all right, all the, right, the best of the three. But like you said, they'll be back soon. Mm-hmm. On the defensive side of the ball, we'll start with Malik Hooker, Colt safety, third-year player, towards Achilles out for the season. Mm-hmm. Colts defense is not looking great right now. It's not. They, they they did take the victory versus they the, shut Vikings. Down the Vikings pretty nicely. But if I'm correct, Darius Leonard is also still hurt. He's coming mm-hmm. back soon. But now their your star safety, uh, future Pro Bowler is now out for the year. I mean, Colts D are gonna have to step up, and that's that goes the same with with the Dolphins defense. Byron Jones would be considered the vet on this young Dolphins defense, even though he's only like 28. Yeah. But he went down, and Xavier Howard was just getting cooked all game. Stephon Diggs. He, but he wasn't even on Stephon Diggs. They had the rookie, Noah. Noah the, Agabogo or whatever. The last name I don't know how to pronounce. They had him on Stephon Diggs. What were the Dolphins doing? I mean, that's we're going to get into that during the game recap. But Xavier Howard wasn't doing making an impact. He, he dropped a wide-open pick that, that probably would have could have given the Dolphins a chance to win the game. I don't think this Dolphins defense is too legit. I don't think so Even either. with Byron Jones. The D-line was the only positive side, and even that was eh. But I will say, you know, if you, when you compare uh, their, uh, their sacks against and sacks for, you know, their po- you know, the amount of sacks that their yeah. team yeah, gave but th- versus received, it has improved from last year, but not as much as I think a lot of Dolphins fans hoped for. So. Final two injuries we'll talk about this week before we get into our recaps. We'll start with Anthony Barr and the Vikings defense shoulder out for the season. Anthony Barr, that hurts. It, that it hurts, hurts but it's not that I think the Vikings are going to do dr- drastically worse without him. I just feel bad for him personally as a person. Like I, I, I couldn't give two craps if the Vikings were good or not. But okay. like, I just I feel bad for um, I just feel bad for Bruce Irvin. Yeah, or Anthony Barr, and as as I just said, Bruce Irvin, Seahawks defense, out for the season. It's just it's it's just terrible to see all these people go down. These are I mean these are two players that are influential, but not mm-hmm. not the only defense player on those teams. On two teams that aren't known for their defenses either. So I I don't think it'll 
be any, you know, right, it's not going to be game changing for either team. All right, one more thing before we get into the game recaps is what is your thoughts on coaches being fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for not wearing masks? We, we, had, we had five coaches this week get fined for not wearing masks, two of them being from last night. What are your thoughts on that? Considering the NFL has had zero positive cases in the past weeks. Well, I think that that's their talking point. I think the NFL is proud of having zero positive cases. I think the NFL wants to do everything they can to make money off this season. So I, I, it's a slap on the wrist for those kinds of coaches who are making lots of money. I think that— I understand, but end of the day— the NFL took over $1.5 million from teams this week. It's, it's, okay. it's a bit, I feel like, yes, maybe you should be fine for wearing masks, but finding a coach $125,000 or something and then finding the team an additional two hundred dollars seems a bit outrageous. No, no arguments here, but I, Consider, I considering where coming from. The Miles Garrett fight, there was probably $150,000 in fines total in the whole fight. Okay. And that's yeah. a stretch. And meanwhile, like, a coach doesn't wear a mask and he's, Getting fined more. I'm not. I'm not even like particularly targeting Miles Garrett because Mason Rudolph in that situation was got the biggest fine. But everything else was so minor, and that was like an actual issue. I'm mm. not saying this isn't an issue. Well, I think that the whole thing is if you saw Hard Knocks, they're preaching masks, masks, masks. And it's, safety, it's safety, really safety, interesting safety, because so. Sean McVay is one of the people who didn't wear a mask. I I, <laughs> I I can understand why the coaches are doing that. Nobody wants uh-huh. to wear these stupid masks, but it's what we have to do to keep people safe. And I, granted, I don't think the NFL is loaded with a lot of people who are, you know, who are at risk. But I I, I can understand it. It's it's not like, it, 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 there's nothing to be said. You know, they shouldn't have done it. I understand why they did it. it it's over. It happened. Yep. We continue to see if it becomes a problem. You know, the, in the following weeks. All right, let's get rolling with the game recaps. All right. We'll start with the first game of the week, Thursday Night Football. The Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cleveland Browns were able to pull out the victory this week. Shocker. No. No? Not shocking at all. They, the, Bengal, the Cleveland Browns took an early lead, and the Bengals played from behind the entire time. Joe Burrow throwing 61 pass attempts kept them competitive, but the score did not represent how that game went. Baker Mayfield had the highest passer rating of any quarterback in Week Two. The um, according to some stat I saw this morning, I did not double check to verify, but that is something I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, that pick, you know, I, I could go on for an hour about that game, but I'm not going to do that. But it was a stupid pass. I think Baker was getting bored of running the ball over and over and over again, but it it kept working. So he took a deep shot to his favorite tight end, Harrison Bryant, who had made a spectacular grab earlier in the game. Cleveland has completely proved itself to have the best rushing duo in the league. Remnant uh, of- against the Bengals defense? Come on. Come on. Let, let's see you guys do it against a real team, and then I'll respect your rushing duo. But you did it against the Bengals. No, and that's The fair. Bengals made the Chargers with Tyrod Taylor look good. I would argue that the Chargers have a pretty solid offense as well, but I, I agree that we're not going to be able to rush for 200-and-something yards every single week, but... The Bengals... Okay, the Bengals made Baker Mayfield look good. Okay, but we've. Who do you think is a better rushing duo? Don't say Philip Lindsay and Philip Lindsay Melvin and Melvin Gordon, Gordon no, when both a, healthy. They're not a better rushing duo than Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. That's just not. I will. There's nothing to be said. Latavius Murray and uh, Alvin Kamara. It's Latavius Murray and Mar- Alvin Kamara. I'd say and, uh, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are a better duo. I would disagree 100%. On the other side of the ball, we have Joey Burrow throwing for 316 yards and three touchdowns. Is Joe Burrow the real deal? 
I think he, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's been like, two I games. Think, yeah, I understand but, it's two games, but you don't see a rookie QB come out in the second career game with no preseason, no OTAs, throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Okay, but you have... I understand he threw 61 passes before you say that, because that's what you're about to say. But it's, it's valid, though. I mean, when, yes, he threw 316 yards, but just like Stephen A. Smith said on first take, I would hope he threw for 300 yards when he takes 61 pass attempts. That, that's barely... Five, it's just over five yards per attempt. And I'm not going to compare him to Baker Mayfield the entire time, but yes, Baker Mayfield had you know 200 something. I think he had low 200 passing attempts, but he only threw the ball less than 25 times. So right. when you look at the yards per attempt, Baker Mayfield had double that. So yes, Joe Burrow is the real deal, and he kept that game competitive. And but I, I'm just saying, yes, he threw 300 pass attempts, but or 300 yards, but on 61 pass attempts, God, I would hope he does. All right, let's let's move on to Sunday. All right. Week one. Well, the first game we'll talk about is the Giants versus the Bears. Okay. Actually turned out to be a pretty good game. The Bears were up 17-0 at halftime. Yeah. Were unable to score in the second half, but the Giants made it competitive. The Giants had the ball. We're driving as the clock was ticking down. They had the ball in the red zone. They needed a touchdown. They weren't able to get that, but with no Saquon Barkley, the Giants didn't look terrible. Yeah. I mean... It, Daniel Jones did what he what he had to do. I, Daniel Jones, I, I'm not. He, I'm not going to say he, he had a crappy performance. He didn't throw a touchdown. He had a pick. But what I what I think is interesting is when you look at his rushing. Daniel Jones is not a very big guy. He's not a very fast guy. But when I see a quarterback rushing like that, you know, three carries for 21 yards, it's just impressive to me because it's it it allows me to have some faith in the guy because he knows what he has to do to keep the ball moving. So I was. I mean, like you said, the Bears are probably going to be a playoff team but, this year. But or at the least. thing is, for the Giants, I think the biggest takeaway for the Giants this game is that their defense <coughs> can stop a team if needed. I, I understand the Bears' offense isn't too great. Horrible, but but yeah. it's still impressive that they're, if you hold a team to 17 points, you shouldn't lose a football game. I well, think it's that simple. And yeah, no, you're right. I, I Daniel Jones didn't step up. He, I don't think I wouldn't like blame this Bron- game on him, but I yeah. mean... yeah. Um, so, moving on. Not much to be said about that one. Not much to be said about that game. The, the, the two first two games we're going to talk about are two teams I've been very high on since yeah. the preseason. And the next, this game is the Rams versus the Eagles. So, I'll let you start talking about this one before I talk about my Rams. Alright, so, I mean, it was interesting because the, uh, the Rams took an early lead, 21-16, going into halftime. And it was 14-3 to going into the second quarter. The Rams came out firing. Jared Goff looked amazing. 20 for 27, 267 yards, three touchdowns. Nothing to sneeze at. He, it seems like him and Sean McVay are really clicking. The Rams' offense is showing up. The system that they put into place is really, really working. Cooper Cup was a little lackluster, but I, it, was, it was impressive. Cooper Cup, um, he did better than he did last, uh, last week. But mm-hmm. five catches, 81 yards, that's solid. Well, um, I just think in this offense, the, the, it's going to be, I feel, one week Cooper Cup will be the main get, getting all the balls. The next week, Robert Woods will. Like, there's there's going to be, for fantasy owners, such inconsistency with those two players, well, which thing, is concerning. Yeah, well, because they do different things. Cooper Cup makes a spectacular grab down the field. Robert Woods is more the screen pass guy. Against the Cowboys, uh-huh. Robert Woods had over 100 yards just on screen catches. And, you know, he had, I think, I believe he had over 60 in the first quarter. Like, it's impressive. They do mm-hmm. different things. And then having a backfield of Dar- uh, Darrell Henderson Jr., Cam Akers, and Malcolm Brown, again, went healthy. That's what the 49ers did last year with a stable of Tevin Coleman, Matt Breed, and Raheem Mostert, and look how it worked for them. So this exactly. offense is proving to 
be fairly legit, and they start the season two and out. Then there's Impressive. Carson Lentz, who's just atrocious. I'm, I mean, it's, I'm, it's, 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 it's disappointing. It's really disappointing. For to see all this. the hype that he was getting this year, he is atrocious. Going into the season, I would have considered Carson Wentz a top ten quarterback. I think a lot of people would have. I think that they would have placed him above Dak Prescott on the list. And I'm not going to jump to any um, major conclusions. I but would. Dak Prescott's better than him. There's no he easy is. way to say it. He's better, and I think Carson Wentz has had a rough two games. I think he will be able to turn around. But he starts off so hot in the first uh, in the first game against the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. He had two touchdowns in the first half, didn't score again, but he ended up throwing two picks. You know, it's just he's he's playing sloppy. The Eagles game, are now 0 2. They should not be 0 2 against. They I'm not saying the Rams are a superstar, but they played the Washington football team and the Rams two very winnable games. They sh- I think they sh- definitely should have beaten the Washington football team. Rams I know. coin flip. But, yeah, but they didn't even compete with the Rams. That's, that's they my made it competitive issue. towards the end. They started to score some points, but by that point, the lead was too big. And there was nothing it's also the do. defense. What's Their defense what? got blown 37 out. points? Yeah. You're not winning a football game giving up 37 points unless you have Lamar or Drew Brees on your roster. All right. This was probably the most concerning game for fans this week. Um, We have the Cowboys versus the Falcons. The Falcons were able to pull away or, or pull away with blowing another lead, um, up uh, twenty nothing, then up uh, uh, fourteen plus points with under six to go, and they still found a way to lose, forty thirty nine, and that might have been one of the most horrendous onside kick recoveries I've seen in my years of watching football. I, I don't know what the Falcons players were doing there. You know, the, like the Cowboys need to wait ten yards they to touch the ball. Can't touch the ball. The and Falcons was, can. The Falcons can touch it whenever the, they want. The players stood around the ball and watched it. They watched it roll into it the Cowboys' hands. Like, it almost looked like a bunch of camp, you know, Boy Scouts around a fireplace. Like it was insane. Did the what Falcons want to lose? Like, like it looked like those players wanted to lose. Calvin Ridley. Did what he had to do. He had seven, uh, seven. This isn't on the cow. If isn't you score thirty nine points, on Matt Ryan. No. you shouldn't lose the game. If you throw, for I, I said this in the last episode. If Matt Ryan's able to do what he's do, been doing, you shouldn't be losing football games. You shouldn't. The like the only- what's even worse is a team that has forced five fumbles or five plus turnovers and didn't have a turnover themselves before this week. Has never lost a football game. Four hundred and zero. I think it was four forty and zero. Even worse. Until this week. Now there's a loss. Insane. It's not perfect. Dude, and yeah. you got to give props to Dak Prescott for stepping up, throwing for four hundred fifty yards. But what the hell? How do you do that? I don't understand. He played hero ball. I mean, he played absolutely. Ran for amazing. three touchdowns too. Ran for three touchdowns, scored a touchdown or pass for a touchdown, four hundred and fifty yards. And then you have CD Lamb out here, look out here looking like the best receiver from the draft. One hundred yards, seventeen point seven yards per catch. I think CD Lamb was the best receiver from the draft, but CD he just Lamb didn't fit the, the schemes of the Broncos and the Raiders, which is why he wasn't selected, but. He is by far the most talented player or receiver in this draft. Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb both get it reaching the 100-yard mark of the ladder. You don't see that just often. Getting it. it was impressive. I mean, Michael Gallup, you know, he was a little... He was not he's as impressive, still, but... He stood over 50 yards. If, you have, if, you have, yards, if you're yeah. able to have two receivers over 100 and one over 50... Two over 50. He had Dalton Schultz, the, the tight end. The tight end, yeah. But, anyway. Still yeah. very, very impressive outing from the Cowboys, who were narrowly escaped... Falling to zero and two, but 
just like the Eagles behind the Washington football team. And that's concerning. Which, the Washington going into fo- this season, would anybody have predicted Washington fo- football team topping the division? No. Exactly. And if the Cowboys are at 0-2 with the Eagles, that's it's another scary year for the NFC East. It's well, already there's scary. There's clearly no contenders in that no. division. That, that, that division's the biggest joke in football. It will continue to be the biggest joke this season. We had high hopes for the Cowboys and Eagles this year, but... Wow. God damned, they let us down. Although, I, w- I mean, no, the, the Eagles have let us down. Yeah. Now we'll go to Tampa Brady. Tampa Brady. Someone, uh, Deion Sanders was saying he liked Tampa Brady the other day. He thought it was very creative. <laughs> so, um, me and Deion, great minds think alike. Of course, yes. You guys are just such good buddies. Or so, I, I like Tampa Brady better, but... Let's start with the Panthers. I didn't like what I saw from Teddy Bridgewater, but throwing for almost 400 yards, losing McCaffrey... What, what, like really, what are you going to do? I mean, you're the up Panthers against... Panthers are the worst team in football. Oh, absolutely not. Raiders fans think they're good because they beat the Panthers. The Panthers are bottom three team in football. I, I think the Redskins would beat the Panthers. Well, I don't disagree with that. But or I, even the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars could beat the Panthers, too. I don't too. think the Jaguars would, but we'll get into that. Jaguars almost beat the Titans. I understand that, but I think that was kind of a bit of a fluke. I, I But we're going to get into that afterwards. I, I can't see how a team with... I'm not still on Teddy Bridgewater with Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel can be a bottom three team. Or at least can be the worst team in the league. I don't see how that's possible. But they lost to the Buccaneers. I think we all pretty much saw that coming. There was no way they were going to outscore Tom Brady in that low. Brady got his first win. I don't I don't consider I, it a win versus a G League team. Um, <laughs> I, I a bunch of backups. Also not really impressed with Brady is either. I don't think Brady he, kinda sucked. He, he's their just, defense won them that he's game. Brady, he's old. He's washed. Leonard Fournette, though, that was interesting. So Leonard Fournette, interesting. You know, he he two touchdowns. That's interesting. But he had sixty yards. He he broke out for like a fifty yard run as like at the end of the game. Like it's the same situation with James Conner against the Broncos. I don't really like. Good for you. You broke out for a few yards at the end, but it 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 doesn't really. It didn't mean anything. The game was already over. The defense didn't really care at that point. No, so. but the the question mark will be: Will Bruce Arians continue with Ronald Jones the second as their lead back? Because he's the running back one that you know Bruce Arians has made that clear going into Week One. But a twelve hundred and three and two stat line is nothing to sneeze at compared mm-hmm. to Ronald Jones seven twenty three and one. Like you said, there was you know he had a ripped off a forty yard run. You take away, time, you, you put it 11, 11 carries for fifty six yards and that's one still touchdown. That's more impressive than seven for twenty three on. Road no, I, I, so I'm not disagreeing. I'm not sure. But I mean, it's Le- gonna be interesting. Leonard Fournette is being made like lo- looks a lot better than he actually played. Still, it's, but five yards a carry versus three point three. That's still impressive. But no, much. I don't disagree. Um, that game, there's not much to talk about. That's another one of those games besides the Jets game that was just see, another uh, team, another game that was not it, much it to was talk just about. over before it started. But I guess we'll talk about. I mean, <laughs> what's the point in even talking about this game? I mean, you think the Jets would be able to put up some semblance of a fight regarding the 49ers? Because Sam Darnold needs to get so the hell out of New York. He does. I, yeah, but he, where's he gonna wasted go? talent. I don't, I, I don't know, but just get him out of New York. Put him. Put him on the Saints so when Breeze retires, he can play or something. Just get him out of New York. Get Adam Gase out of New York. Adam Gase is not making it past Week 10 this year. I don't see it. Um, this was just... I'm not even going to give this game more than like a minute or two. It doesn't deserve the time. The 49ers had so many... The Jets lost down. to the 49ers' yeah. second strings. And still got 31 It wasn't even close. No. They might have scored 13 points. They didn't even deserve 13 I mean, points. That, that, was, that touchdown was in garbage time. Like, congrats. I mean, you were down Le'Veon. There was no shot in hell you were ever going to win this game. 
just move on. All right, we're done with this game. It's it's over. <laughs> Jets, uh, redo your turf as well while you're at it. Thank you. Uh, redo your team as well. Thank you. Uh, redo your coach. On to the, uh, uh, the Broncos versus the Steelers. I'll okay. let you speak first because you know I'll right, talk. Well, I don't want to talk for eight, eight minutes on this one game. The Broncos looked competitive. The Steelers looks better. The Steelers' offense is pretty legit with Big Ben back. Juju had a nice game. I'd say the Steelers' Chase defense Claypool won them that had a good game. I, I think the Steelers' defense won them that game, but... Yeah, but I'm just saying that, you know, last year it was literally the defense winning them the game, but this year it seems pretty even. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger throwing 300 yards, two touchdowns. Yes, there was a pick. James Conner looked pretty decent. James Conner, again, like I said about Fournette, he, he broke out for a 60-yard run with, like, 30 seconds left. Like, like, like right. his stats look good, but, like, he wasn't anything special. Like, the Broncos shut him down pretty well. The only issue for the Broncos was Chase Claypool caught a 77-yard touchdown. If Chase Claypool catches a 77-yard touchdown, what the hell are you doing? Like, Justin Simmons he had one. Justin Simmons. Yeah, I oh, wouldn't say he cooked Justin Simmons. He, Michael Ojemudia. Uh, we, we have oh, two, right. we have two yeah. rookie cornerbacks on the field because of the loss of A.J. Boye. So, and then Bryce Callahan plays in the slot. Two rookie cornerbacks on the field going up against Juju and Clay Chapel. You can't, you, you can't expect much out of them. But end of the day, Broncos, they had no money. business being in that game. And they were in the game. <laughs> Justin Simmons had a huge interception. Um, Jeff Driscoll came out. There, I don't think there was a single person that, besides the Steelers fans that weren't rooting for Jeff Driscoll that game. Can you vouch for that? Sure. Um, um, but besides that, um, Hamler and Judy, they weren't great. They weren't terrible. Uh, Sutton went down. It's hard to see. But yeah. Noah Fant, competitive. my favorite hood rat in the league. Yeah. Melvin well, played well. I would, like to, I would like to challenge what you said, though. You said they have no business being in that game. I think the Steelers have a superior team, but I think that game could have been a coin flip. Both are yeah, defensive I think teams. once Drew Locke and Sutton go down, the Broncos have no business. Oh, no, after that. But leading into it, I think Going even, into the game. even healthy, the Steelers would have won that game. But I think it could have been a coin flip. Anyway. Say say what you want. Um, we'll we'll stop talking about this game. I Titans Jaguars. That was a thriller. Who else? I, un, like you said about the Steelers. I think that everybody besides the Titans were rooting for Minchumania to go two. Minchumania, three hundred yards again, three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, but like one of them was in garbage time trying to make a play. You I think really I think one of the most interesting stat lines of this game is Lavisca Shenault, the Jaguars receiver. Yeah, rushing for thirty-seven yards on five rushes, seven yards per carry. Like, the, you, you, you got a hand to him. Him, that's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. Um, James Robinson also came out of nowhere with uh, sixteen hundred and two one stat line. That was impressive. Lavisca Chanel, he didn't do too much in the passing game, but damn it, he did do something in the rushing game. That's, it's pretty like you cool. Said, giving James Robinson a break, I was impressed by that. Um, the, the Jaguars again have no business being in this game. If you Absolutely asked thirty fans go or three hundred fans going into the season a month ago, would they even the Jaguars would say they'd start zero and four probably, and they they were one and one right they now. They were this very close to go being two and zero. Adam, for people listening, Adam making a, a very close hand signal. They were this close to uh, winning the game. It came down to the final drive, and Gardner Minshew threw an interception. But I don't think I don't, I wouldn't blame it completely would, on no, him. But um, the Titans defense is stout, like you said. Ryan Tannehill. Lighting it up once more, proving, I th- uh, continuing pr- to prove that, damn it, he can do some things when he's off that banged up uh, Miami roster. Give him time. He'll, he'll produce. Touchdowns. 
He wow. only threw 24 passes, but four of them were touchdowns. 75% completion rating, 200, um, almost 240 yards, and four touchdowns. I know Five it's not there. like people probably don't think of this as a big concern, but I think one of the biggest concerns for the Titans right now is they're still overfeeding Derrick Henry. Um, I would hate to see Derrick Henry go down to an injury, but at the rate it's going, I don't see Derrick Henry lasting the whole season. If you're giving the ball to him, most teams a running back's lucky to have 15-plus rushes. Derrick Henry's getting all the rushes in this Titans backfield. The, who is their second running back? I, I can't even tell you. Exactly. They're, they're handing the ball to all these random bums like Perry, uh, Mc, McNichols, and Botson or whatever. But they could be refused for all I know. I've never heard of any of them. But Henry's getting way too much credit too right now for what he's doing. If he You, you're, you have 25 carries. I, I, it's like what you said about Burrow. Last, against the Broncos, yeah. Henry had 31 rushes. If you have 31 rushes, I sure hope you hit 100 yards. Yeah. Just get three yards per rush or yeah. four yards per rush. So I just don't I, – I, I like Derrick Henry. I'm just not sold on, like, him being, like, all that. It's no, not, I, I think he's very overrated as well. He's just big. I don't think he has the ta- – like, he's strong, but mm-hmm. I don't think he has quite the talent that people like to say he does. Jonu Smith. Two touchdowns. That was impressive. Um, as – yeah, I, I had him on my bench in fantasy. That was disappointing. Although I did have Travis Kelsey, who put up only half a point less than him, so that made me feel a little yeah. bit better. But, you know, Jonu Smith con- continued to show that – he is. Um, he wants to make a name for himself, and he's not. You know, he's not a bum. He can definitely play. He can definitely mm-hmm. make some plays. He can get. He's a red zone threat, which is what I really yeah. like about him. And he makes some nice ass catches too. All right, that's all for that that game. But um, moving on to uh, I guess we can say that Aaron Jones versus the Alliance this week because yeah. Aaron Jones was really the only side of Packers offense we saw this week. But um, wow, wow, no. the Packers are. I was hating on them. The Packers, they've played two considerably G-League teams. but I wouldn't call the Vikings G-League. But The Vikings look pretty terrible against the Colts. I mean, I'm just th- they don't have the talent of a G-League team, but they're playing like one. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but you bring it to this game. The Lions, Packers fans were scared at the end of the first quarter. The Lions were up 14-3. to yeah. They were and only down 17-14 at halftime. But that third quarter for the Lions, they, they, they went down Nothing. 17-0. It's it's tough to come back from The that. Lions aren't a terrible team. They aren't, no. You can't be a terrible team with Matthew Stafford. But Matthew Stafford, he, he didn't really play terrible. But you're not winning a football game giving up 42 points. Yeah. You're not. And DeAndre Swift, he didn't have a terrible week. He caught the ball. Wait, but, that, but that's what they wanted him to have, though. I know. They, they drafted him to be receiving back. So he's, he's continuing AP to do that. AP looks just fine in the backfield, averaging six yards per carry. The Lions just didn't really... The Lions have a very similar three-back set to, as you said, the 49ers last year with Peterson, Johnson, and Swift. It's like we don't know who we're in for, but I, I think we can expect Swift in this offense to be the primary receiving I, yeah, back. Yeah, and I think that he will only get more touches. Do, do, Speaking do, of running backs, Aaron Jones. Are you sold on him? No. No? I, I It's frustrating because I predict that he was going to have a massive downturn because I genuinely don't think he's that talented of a back. But I don't either. I, I just I don't know how he does it, man. Week after, I mean, it's only been two weeks, but Jesus Christmas, eighteen carries, one hundred sixty-eight yards, averaging nine point three yards per carry. And then he's also and the Packers' leading leading receiver this week. Sixty-eight yards. Sixty-eight yards, a touchdown, seventeen yards per catch, and these catches aren't. It's not like he's getting the ball sixteen yards, running one yard. He's probably getting the ball five yards out and making it twelve more yards. Like, I, but I just I just don't think he's good. He's not a Melvin Gordon, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook type player where he can just power through. I just think that 
We'll, we'll see. When Again, they, when the they Packers play a stout defense. The Packers have one of the best offensive lines in the week, which do, also yeah. really helps. But mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. We'll see. But onto we'll see the uh, when they play real onto the Miami Hood Rats, or some may say Dolphins, but I say Hood Rats. Um, Fair. Buffalo, Miami. Jesus Christ, Josh Allen. Josh Allen never threw for over 300 yards in his career. Thrown for over 300 yards in his first two games. Um, He didn't play the greatest defense, as one of them being the Jets. But the Dolphins' defense isn't terrible. But he made made it seem seem like they're one of the worst defenses in the league. I mean, four touchdowns, what should have been an interception, but supposed stars, Davian Howard, dropped a wide-open pass. I mean, it was a crappy. But Josh Allen, I think it was some miscommunication. He overthrew him by 20 feet. And mm-hmm. I believe it was Stephon Diggs. Kudos, kudos to Miami for keeping themselves in the game. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a little bit of a bounce back. He didn't throw three picks like he did last year. How, how many more weeks till we see Tua Tagovailoa take the field? I think it's going to depend on this Thursday night football game. Because national attention is going to be on the Dolphins. If Ryan Fitzpatrick struggles, I think Tua could even could be in by halftime. If, if, it depends. Wow. Like that that's a very bold prediction, but it's really gonna depend on Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he does what he did last week against the Patriots and throws three picks on national TV, Tua might see some snaps. If I were the Dolphins, I wouldn't start him till at least week eight unless Ryan Fitzpatrick has a heart attack and dies or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he's um, he's getting the job done. Miles Gaskin looks to be a young star. I love him. I like him too. People Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, the backs of Miami this year. We are seeing Miles Gaskin this year. I mean, Miles Gaskin is the running back you want for Miami on your fantasy team. Jordan Howard, five carries, four yards. You sold on Mike Kosicki? I'm oh, not. I don't know. Mike Kosicki's a joke. I think he, he definitely... I I changed my mind a little bit about him because... Eight catches, when they, when they eight threw catches, him the ball, he looked good. Eight catches, 130 yards, a touchdown. He had some nice catches, but he's not that great of a blocker. I think he just... Travis Kelsey, like a smaller Travis tells Travis Kelsey 2.0, but that's too much of a, it's too high praise for him. I yeah. think he's okay. He's not he better than Noah nice Fan. He, he, he's, he's a lot smaller than Noah Fan. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what it is. We'll but um, see. this I think was the most shocking game for me this week. I really didn't see the Colts doing this, but the Colts defense was able to shut down the Vikings this week. Kirk Cousins looked terrible. Three interceptions, under 120 yards. Dalvin Cook. Under 50% uh, pass completion percentage. He, he looks like he did on the Redskins again. Like, what the hell? And then Phillip Rivers, man. I know he's not, like, some superstar, but 214 yards, a touchdown, complete 19 of 25 passes, besides one interception. I mean... That's a pretty solid outing. And I'm giving say. a lot of uh, credit to Rivers. Jonathan Taylor, the... The second rookie running back this year to rush for 100 yards. Yeah. Who thought it would have been him in week two? If you told me at the start of the season John Taylor was rushing for 100 yards week two, I would have thought you were joking. But All I guess... not going down, and then Naheem Hines didn't make any impact he at was all non-existent. the game. He was uh, non-existent. He had one catch for four yards after uh, yeah. Mr. Heitzman hyped him up like some superstar. But uh, John Taylor, great. But, but this is the same point I brought up with Henry. If you hand the ball to your running back 26 times a game... He's going to have 100 yards. Yeah. I mean, you would hope. Exactly. You'd have to be really terrible not to. But uh, Would you like to tell know? me who the hell is Mo Ali Cox and why he had 100 yards? <laughs> I, I Look at the I mean, the differ uh, the the distance between the first the receipt the receiver with the most yards. So Mo Ali Cox has 111 yards. Then we have Michael Pittman with the only rookie, 37. The second round pick, 37 and then TY 28 yards. 
I love you, Ty, but you need to uh, get you the suck. ball more. <laughs> you suck. Uh, but I guess I guess for this one, the the big hype man is uh, Mo Ali Cox. Mo Ali Cox, whoever you are, congrats to you, man. You you played your little heart out. He did. He did. Uh, Mo Ali Cox, that that that, that one hundred yards. Let's get a round of applause for him. Um, probably his first one hundred yard game of the season. Probably his last. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, but now on to the uh, Sunday afternoon slate where we have to kick it off the. Washington football team versus the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Washington football team. Uh, put up a fight. You, you, up did ex- you, you did. You ex- did. What was expected? Nobody expects anything out of you guys. So if you win more than two games, people are going to be excited. Especially you know, almost especially winning your first ever game, you're going to get some attention for that. Yeah, first ever game under your uh, new very creative name. Like, I mean, Dwayne Haskins. He wasn't he was terrible. O- he was okay. He- no, because I don't think the. Charger or Washington football team is a team that will put up more than 21 points or so per game. So for Dwayne Haskins, 15 points, he threw a touchdown. It's not like he wasn't terrible. No, that's not a great completion percentage, but it is what it is. Scary Terry. him. And the, I'm telling you, the connection is just unreal between those yeah. two. No, you're not wrong. He's the bright spot on that offense. But um, Kyler Murray, man, he's just the real deal so far. I mean... He, he threw for 280 yards, a touchdown, let alone ran for two touchdowns as well. The blemish would be that one interception he threw, but what are you going to do? The connection between him and D-Hop was there. Mm-hmm. Eight catches, 68 yards, a touchdown, solid. Larry Fitzgerald was a, you know not far behind him with seven catches, 50 yards. It was impressive. I mean, I think Kyler Murray's spreading the ball around pretty nicely, and uh, I mean, he did what he had to do. He shut down this... He shut down the Washington football team. That there were definitely some question marks. I don't never really. I don't think that, the Washington football team's defense is actually too terrible either. And I mean that D line is elite. And considering the Cardinals had a pretty had a pretty crappy O line um, last year, it was impressive. All right, but, moving on to uh, the second afternoon game, Ravens, we have Texans. the Ravens and Texans. Um, we didn't expect much out of the Texans. The now, Texans are a bunch of bombs. The Ravens the shit out of the Texans. They they destroyed the Texans. Lamar was relatively quiet, What I want to talk but... about real quick is the Ravens' backfield because mm-hmm. I feel like for fantasy owners this year, at least, it's it's it's, it's upsetting if you drafted Mark Ingram because yeah. he might have had a touchdown, but like he, he, he didn't really get a lot of touches. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Gus Edwards, I'd say, was the primary, so-called primary back in that game. Which and is interesting because you would think it would be J.K. JK Dobbins, Dobbins. Mark Ingram, not Gus Edwards, but... Good for him, man. But I guess Dobbins, I, I, I want to say Dobbins is more the passing back, but I, I guess not even that either. But, um, yeah, yeah I mean. This was expected. I mean, the, Deshaun Watson, I mean, he tried. He really, really tried. Two, 25 for 36, 275 yards. Yes, he threw a pick, but he, he threw the ball almost 40 times. He kept it somewhat competitive. They lost by a uh, little over two scores, but it, they didn't get absolutely blown out. It was It was just sad. It was sad to see, but... But like, if I'm a Texans that. fan, I'm not too upset right now. No. A lot a lot like the Denver Broncos fans. You guys have had two very tough matchups in the first two weeks, so I, I wouldn't be concerned. I think you guys still could possibly be a playoff team. I, just put this game behind you guys. Um, Nobody expected anything out of you guys in these past two weeks. So for you guys, you guys just need more offense. You played the two best offenses in the league. Um, What? Chiefs and the Ravens, two best offenses oh, in the league. Okay. Um, yeah, they still have to. Th- th- it is what it is. I, I Texans fans, don't worry. Just put this one behind you guys. Um, but on to probably the, the most 
interesting, or maybe second most to the Monday night game, but the most interesting competitive game this week was the Chiefs and the Chargers. Um, Mahomes was really just, I'd say, shut down in the first half. What what other word is there? He was contained. I I wouldn't say they didn't neuter him. He kept it competitive. In the, um, he had that one absolute laser beam of a pass to Tyreek Hill. That's a highlight real play. Fit 40 something. For the first time in Mahomes' career, he almost had an under 50% completion percentage. Throwing 47 passes, only completing 27. I think the story of the game was Clyde Edwards Hilaire getting shut down. 10 brushes on 38 yards, Mm 3.8 yards per carry. They relied on the rushing game against the Texans week one. Now, I don't think that, um, I don't think that they needed to do that, but that was just something that they chose to do. But they they won the game. They did what they had to do. Mahomes did exactly what he needed to. Mahomes kept them in the game. Mahomes threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. But like you said, a little bit of an oversaturation of the passes. Mm-hmm. He didn't throw 61 like Joe Burrow did. He threw 47, but it's still high numbers. Then you got, you got Joe Burrow. I was impressed by the... By Justin the Herbert came out a probably... not he, did, he wasn't even expecting to start nope. pregame Tyrod Taylor... Go sideline for chest issues. Justin Herbert comes and throws for 300 yards and a touchdown. And he did throw an interception, but you got to give a him rookie. a break. It's his first ever start in the NFL. He and he's great. Texans fans should be happy. Or, great. Sorry, Chargers fans should be happy. What I'd like to talk about real quick is Harrison Bucker mm-hmm. going three for three, hitting 250 yard pluses, hitting the game winner, hitting the game tire. But that game winner, I don't know if you were watching, I but. Was. He, they iced him. He, not, he, 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 had to, he, yard, he made 350. Three fifty yarders, one from fifty four, two from fifty eight, or one from fifty three, two from fifty eight. But for a kicker in the NFL today to go out and hit three fifty plus yard field goals in a row, it's it's unseen before. Like the Browns can't even kick a thirty yard field goal, yeah. and and meanwhile Harrison Bucker's out here making fifty yard field goals look like nothing. So well, they they couldn't week one, they could week two. All right, Cody okay. Parkey, Austin Seibert's gone though. Um, that's all we'll talk about that game for, but it was just a hell of a game in general. Um, yeah. Sunday night game, probably, this was my favorite game to watch this week. Yeah. I, it's so weird to see the Patriots not, or with a, uh... New QB. Well, I was going to say it's interesting, it's so weird to see the Patriots not undefeated going into week three. It would, to see a one-in-one record going into week three, but Russell Wilson, man. Russell freaking Wilson. He's the real deal, man. He, but we knew that. I mean, if he, this guy doesn't win MVP this year, he, I swear he, to God. Five it's only touchdowns. been two weeks. But. It's only been two weeks. He threw 75% completion uh, rating, almost 300 yards on only 28 passes. Five freaking touchdowns. Yes, he had that one interception, but come on, guys. This guy is electric. And But you also got to give kudos to Cam. Cam came into this new offense. As he would say, he's like the... Uh, Something in the locker room. I don't know the word. I'm not that fancy. But uh, Cam Newton, almost 400 yards, threw a touchdown, had two touchdowns on the grounds and 11 carries. And Only blemish was that pick. Julian Edelman, the connection was definitely there. Eight catches, 100. Julian Edelman, yards. a new career high in yardage. Wow. And then we got Nikhil Harry. Eight receptions, 72 yards. Nikhil Harry, if you're a fantasy owner, you should be happy because he's starting to look like one of Cam's favorite targets this year. I think we knew that going into it, but yeah. yeah. But nobody really expected him to do anything. But um, well, I did. This but, game, yeah. it came down to the final play. Uh, Cam Newton got stuffed uh, at the two yard line. Lackluster Steelers defense came up with the play. It was it was impressive. It was a really really fun one to <coughs> see. 
Seahawks just proved how legit they are. Patriots, they put up a good fight. I wouldn't really I think knock the Patriots, the Patriots too much for losing to the Seahawks. I think the I think this Patriots game was a statement that they're 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 not looking to go nine and seven this year. They can compete with the big dogs, which they showed yeah. this week. They the Patriots want the division this year. They they don't want to give up their throne. And yeah. who knows? We might see it, we might not, but um just a hell of a game all around. It's so so fun to Such watch. A fun one to watch. Um, final game of the week. I'll let you start. We'll we'll start uh, Saints Raiders. Um, well, let's try to keep the bias in check here. Raiders played a great game. Alvin Kamara did what he had to do. You know, Latavius Murray came in three times to keep the first downs coming. I, I there's not much to say. Drew Brees played well. He had 300 yards, a touchdown. He had a rare interception, and he he just had some bad. He didn't look like himself. He had a bad pass. It was weird to see. But the story of the game is Derek Carr. Three touchdowns, 28 for 38, nearly 300 yards. I was impressed. Josh Jacobs, really, really, I I, I hate to be that guy, but a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. Only 3.3 yards per carry. I mean, we were talking about Derrick Henry getting a lot of touches. This guy got 27 attempts. It was weird, but they made it work. As usual, Darren Waller leading the stat line. 12 receptions, 108, 103 yards, one touchdown. Impressive outing from the guy. He's he's a great tight end, and honestly, quite an upset, quite a shocker. But I mean, you're I know you're not going to say that Raiders are legitimate. I'm not saying these guys are going to win. It's two nah, weeks. They're not going to necessarily it's make two the weeks class. of football. No, but I'm saying the Broncos. There's no way in hell they would have gone into. Or sorry, there. But it was in Las Vegas. There's no way in hell your Broncos would have beaten those Saints. We so. won't beat them in a few weeks. Actually, we play them. Um, we'll see. I, I think then the Saints are t- definitely taking a step back. They lose the Broncos and the Raiders. Well, the Broncos are a top five team in the league. We're just getting there. It's it's just so we we lost the first two games. We might lose week three, but I wouldn't be shocked if we went thirteen and three. It's really? not a stretch. You think the Broncos go thirteen and three? No, no. With the, with a fully healthy Broncos team, could have gone thirteen and There's three. There's no this way year. in hell. There's no uh, way be, in hell. We'll beat the Chiefs twice. I'm not. I'm not. That's not ahead of us. We're we're, we're so much better than the Chiefs at full strength. But um, right. due to injury, we might not be as good. But uh, the Raiders. Um, your fans are so goddamn annoying. Y'all y'all cheer for injuries. Y'all are just terrible people. Um, just saying, like Raiders fans, you you just gotta take a chill. Just please, just humble yourself. Stop talking. You can talk all you want if you make the playoffs, but you're not there yet. So uh, that's that. All right. That's all we have for you this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. <clears throat> be sure to follow Baseline Times on Instagram, on Twitter. We'll be back at you tomorrow night with our week three predictions. Uh, we will. Be a good one. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night. I'm Mitch. I'm Adam. And, and we're out. We are out.